Yo, but check one, two, one, two. Hot cut. Uh. I'm from the place where hardcore is This is the link up. This is the link up. This is the link up. Views from the staff to the world that we back. This is the link up. This is the link up. This is the link up. From the staff, tell the world that we back Ladies and gentlemen, grab a drink, let's get settled in Here's another dose of some audio medicine Fresh sports reports, pure adrenaline We do it for the love of the game, not the Benjamins My check, one, two, one, two Yo The link up The Jack or the two new contracts today, Jack Grealish and oh, Obama. But I feel like for real, like Arsenal um, put so much like effort into having this extraordinary social media um, content on announcing a new signing. Like, imagine if you actually put that much effort and time into um, winning some proper trophies. <laughs> like you can just announce the signing hey a picture him signing the contract and it's done but no this is family i mean where was the family when you're family brian when you were firing 55 people but hey not my club <laughs> that's a bit harsh man that's a bit harsh but you know i i i saw like the whole video and the whole you know um like the comments from the captains, the previous captains, and then Henry was also there, the number 14 shirt. It was nice. But like, as you say, it's too much effort for just a contract extension. Like, like, and it took so long. It should have been like, this was something that, you know, you would have liked if it would have been sorted out before the season started. But hey, man, it's Arsenal. A quick um, footnote on that. Is he an Arsenal legend? Bro, like, um, I think this weekend they asked Ian Wrighty um, what it would mean for Arsenal and Obama to extend his contract. And Ian Wright did, uh, kind of surprised me. He said, like, yo, right now Obama numbers, you can overtake Thierry's numbers. And I, for a second, I was like, yo, he feels like uh, Obama can go for the title of the GOAT Arsenal player of all time mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, um, so to them, yeah. and I, you cannot go down as a goat finishing eighth place. Hey, bro, that's the numbers, Brian. The numbers, the numbers have been good. I mean, you can't really overlook uh, like seventy odd goals in one hundred and ten matches, one hundred eleven matches. Not bad. That's not a bad return, particularly not just playing as a centre forward, also on the wings and in a side that is finishing eighth. So personally, that's not bad, but like personally, yeah, but mm. circumstantial, like you're gonna build, let's for instance, a statue or you know, remember a player like that if he hasn't won the club in anything, he's won them FA Cup, FA Cup, but come on, that's Mickey Mouse things. That's where they are, like to them, (laughs) in perspective, to them. Like 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 Brian, you you have to you have to you have to recognize that you take over out of that team. We're looking at eighth place again and again. Like who is going to place his goals? That guy is like he's like I I feel like he's 
I think we can speak That's about. True. He's a, a, a top top player in my opinion. Um, even in my opinion, better than Salah. I think he's. I love Uber, but I don't think that. You know, I think let's not get carried away. And it's it's obviously not his fault that he's stuck in such a dead team, but and it is what it is. Top bro, top top scorer like he's he's dragging the club by himself and the numbers are just ridiculous right now, to be honest. I don't know if if, if it's like they they just haven't had a good striker for twenty years or what, but right. right now. I'll ask you this, is is Harry Kane a Spurs legend? Yes. Why? It's... Because Spurs weren't winning Premier Leagues. They still uh, are winning Premier Leagues. <laughs> exactly. So why wouldn't he be a Spurs legend? He's been there. <laughs> he scored goals. He's been but, there. I mean, all he, he doesn't even. I mean, like, uh, it's not act like they haven't won trophies in, in their history. They won trophies like the the, the League Cup in two thousand eight, and he did, he hasn't delivered any trophy in, in, in the month of years he's been there. Despite yeah, but what I mean numbers. is the expectation of a Tottenham and in Arsenal, yeah. historically, are completely different. And if Arsenal want to be compared to a Tottenham and base their metrics on legends on them, mm. then be my guest. Yeah, but Brian, you must you must also remember, like he he didn't come to an Arsenal with you know a Wenger at his pump, or even not even a Wenger at his pump, but a, a competitive Arsenal. He came to an Arsenal that was dropping out of that that that. Definite fourth place. He was coming to a, a place where I mean, I mean, I, I don't even think he had that many Champions League games for Arsenal. So the expectation, you might say, um, you, you know, of Arsenal, the big club, but they were at a point where you know transition was needed. Wenger was at his at his last on his last legs, and then he came in as that supposedly saving grace, but you can't really say this uh, a sinking ship. Yeah, but I'm, 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 listen, I'm not... And he's done well. He's done well. Uh, it's not like, as we're arguing here, as I'm, I'm saying Uber shit, and I'm just saying that, as Moipi was saying, as in comparison to, Her- to not Harry Kane, to Henri, mm. um, he just doesn't have the same clout because of the circumstances that he's in in the club. I feel like that's, it's not his fault. Yeah. It doesn't. I'm not, you know, bashing him as a player, but you know, Henri, legend. But like, like he said in the video as well. You know, he wants to follow in that in those footsteps. He's not there yet. I'm sure he's also not mistaken by that. He's definitely not there yet. So it's it's it's, it's something that he's aspiring to. Let's see if I mean Arteta at the moment. Okay, if he gets this machine right and it gets going and. They lack him with injuries, and you know they can pick up a trophy, another trophy. I mean, you know, he could, he could, he could, he could finally try and cement his place somewhere along those legends up there. If you continue scoring. And on the other uh, side, Birmingham, we've got Mr. Young, Jack Grealish. Um, I don't, I don't know why he signed a contract. Um, you know, some people have saying like he's there for the club like so that they can get a fee for him but I understand that loyalty but I mean Villa isn't struggling that much financially mm. and you're going to tie yourself into I think a five a five year contract yeah. with a, a bigger release clause if you do not put, firstly I don't see Jack commanding a, a transfer fee above 90 million pounds or 100 million pounds so I don't know why he accepted that if that's in the contract allegedly, and if he doesn't perform to that level, 
and no one's gonna buy him for what Aston Villa is gonna ask. Brian, like, and it's just right. Right now, they were asking for about eighty or ninety, right? And a lot of people looked at him, and he's he's. When you look at the the, the 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 clubs that he would probably potentially move to, the clubs that are doing better than him, that would secure him uh, to be able to call, to compete for trophies and shit. You're looking at the top, the the, the 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 new top six sort of thing. And I think the only one where he could go to and have a similar influence and a similar style of play uh, w- w- without having to fit in is probably like a Tottenham or... Uh, Arsenal that don't really have a midfield. At a United, we already have a dominant. We already know what the system is like, and we need we need to plug into the wings. And he doesn't play there. He's he's a man that needs to be on the ball uh, almost every time. He's a guy that you have to look for to give the ball to. At Chelsea, they have they have enough midfielders now. They signed a couple of good midfielders um, and played them out wide. Yeah, <laughs> City, City, they've got Bernardo. They've got. Um, They've got, uh, but I think City. I think he can go to City. I think they're the realistically the only club who can afford him, and he can go there and be just a member of the squad. But so, Brian, so, that's, so, that's, that's, yeah, sorry, sorry, Lita. So that that's exactly the thing. I don't think Jack sees because like I, I watched like some of the you know England YouTube behind the scene videos and and some of the Villa stuff, and you can see Jack. Jack is actually. Obviously, despite the, the 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 young age and you know some of the the stuff that he did as a youngster, passed out on the floor, and all those uh, incidents that he's been involved in, you would think he's kind of an immature uh, kid, or, or you know, even despite his age. But you know, he's quite a he's quite a smart and mature guy. Like just seeing some of his his uh, interactions on, on on camera, and I think he doesn't really see himself moving from being Mister Aston Villa to you know, being another Riyad Mahrez or, or or trying to compete with a place for 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 for, for City, you know, and for me, I I don't think that would be uh, the 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 best choice for him in terms of um, um, trying to, to 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 go the next level, and 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 at Villa, he's sort of the main guy. Obviously, he, everything goes through him. And 140k a week at Villa is not bad. I mean, as you say, Brian, they're not broke. So they've given him a package that he can definitely live with and he can benefit um, with his family, being at home. So for me, I think he'll only move to a club where a club can say, yo, Jack, we want you to be, you know, our guy. And we, we need you to be our main guy. And unfortunately, he's 25. Maybe no club sees him at that at the moment because if he goes to United, even if, even at United, Brian, some fans you know of, of yours have said they would like him. But how much of an impact would he have? Would he come off the bench? Would he be that person now who, if Pogba's hurt or if Fernandez is hurt, he will then come in and play? So I think at 25, that big move can still come. Hopefully, you know they won't price him out of a move like a Zaha or whatever. But that big move can still come for him and. 25, still young, man. He's well, not a young, but he's still, um, he's, he's peak. He's, you know, his peak was probably still to come. So let's see. 140k, I, I'll definitely stay. It's not a bad. I mean, you'd probably earn less than that at Spurs or whatever you would. So, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about, yeah. I think it's all about securing his own future. I think that's that's all yeah. it is. Yeah. And I feel like he's yeah. tasted England now. He knows, ah, it's not all that. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. True. But um, return this week of Premier League football back again. Oh. Um, yeah, it was pretty entertaining, I guess. Um, a pick of the games for me was obviously the Liverpool Leeds game. Mm. I thought Leeds were played probably better than I thought they would. Um, two new signings costing. Um, but yeah, um, it was a good game. Like, I really, um, I thought like those guys were going to burn out after 60 minutes, but hey, they persevered. Um, real, like, I don't know, I want to be disrespectful, but championship players, like, yeah. playing well. Oh. Klitsch, Ailing, those boys are. Uh, the defense, um, Koch obviously new signing, and the other guy hadn't probably played. He wasn't even featuring in the team in the championship. So, yeah, man, watch out for Leeds. Yeah, Brian. Like um, when they went down one one now one nil down early, I was like, oh boy. Um, the whole the, the the whole thing of a championship team finally playing against Premier League team. I was like, oh, it's late for them. And then I was chatting to someone, and they were like, you know, at Leeds. They have no chance because they're, they're very strong up top, but their defense is a bit shit. And I said, Isn't that Liverpool? <laughs> and that was like 1 0 down, and it ended up 3 2. And I like I just knew like some of these teams are top heavy, and I think it's so good to see them stick to their methods and show, show, show how good they are. Like, I think, I think. I, f- I felt bad for them because everyone they were so under pressure where we all spoke about how good Bielsa is, how well Bielsa has been having them play for the last two years. So I think for the last two years, they were speaking about that this is the best football in England bar Man City. And so when we finally, when when, when the the guys that don't really watch um, championship football, when they when they finally got to see them on their TVs uh, in the Premier League, they, were, they, they had expectations of, okay, apparently you motherfuckers, are the second best playing football. Let me show me and and I think Gary Neville said uh, the the other day that Liverpool were probably shell struck. Like what the what is going on? These guys came out hot and against the champions. That I think that's a solid game. If they're going to give us these games, I'd love to see them against Arsenal. I'd love to see them against the Chelsea. Even Man United. I'm a bit stressed. I'm stressed yeah. to see these guys. If they if they just like feel like you know what we 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 are good. We're gonna believe in what our manager says. I think we have you. Know, we're gonna see a lot of good football. I'm yeah. so happy. What What I liked about them, def- like definitely the the man marking system that they implemented, was was something that was very interesting to watch because um, I saw um, I think it was Rulani Mukwena, the Sundowns assistant coach, posted during the match. Was like, with with the man to man marking system, you know, your the opposition can basically dictate your defensive shape. You yeah. know, with the way they move. So if they move a bit more narrower or a bit wider, they can, you know, um, uh, sort of... Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so with that, and then, but, you know, Liverpool struggled because that's where Liverpool's mistakes came from, you know, with applying pressure on the ball. And man-on-man, it's testing all your technical skills. You need to... The first touch needs to be perfect. Your, your direction of pass needs to be perfect, you know. And if it's not, they pick up the, 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 the chances. Like, look at the, the Bamford goal. A ball goes over the top. Um, uh, what's his name? Van Dijk thinks, okay, yeah, it's time to bring it down. He brings it down. One mistake, the ball goes, gets a bit loose, and Bamford pounces and he scores, you know. 
and you could see like the frustration on on Van Dyke, like trapped, you know, and and that's every footballer's worst nightmare, you know, first touch, a heavy touch, anything like that, you in at, at a level, particularly in the Premier League, the ball, you you know, you can lose the ball, a mistake can happen, and Vice switch it around and look at the the Rodrigo penalty in the end, you know, where it's loose loose challenge in the box at that time of the game where he thinks he can just put out a leg and, and, and hopefully just impact the, the strike on, on, on getting the ball and then literally con- concedes the foul. And that's just, you know, man-to-man that, you know, you have obviously the benefits of it, but also the, the negative side of it. And Bielsa, listening to him, he was obviously not over overawed about the result. Um, obviously, they lost, but he was impressed with the way they played. But obviously, they require a bit more... Um, to cut out the mistakes, particularly because that's where they concede their goals. Mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Even the Salah goal, fear, uh, failure to clear, you know, a set piece, and the man bangs it in. Um, this is the Premier League. And that's the that's the level they need to be up to. As Brian says, the Championship players they impressed. I definitely like uh, Luke Ayling on the right there. Uh, he definitely someone you know who could possibly crack an England. Slot, you know the kind, the likes of Carl Walker <laughs> are fading. Oh <laughs> no! Man. So hey, you never know, you never know, man. Because you know, Gareth. There's a long line behind <laughs> that. <laughs> but anyway, but so like it, it, they were very decent. But let's see how they play. Um, they're gonna test a lot of sides. Uh, let's see if they can keep their best players on the field because that's more of the challenge for this promoted side. And despite them not being broke, I know that they're not the richest. Uh, promoted side ever, uh, look at Wolves. So, you know, will they be able to keep their best players on the field? Um, but good, I'm just happy Bamford, man. A lot of people was, were writing that guy off saying, ah, we need a striker. Man, starts the first game of the season and scores against Liverpool. Not bad. That man's a finisher, bro. That man's a that's, finisher. That's all he does here, unfortunately. You know, obviously he tries every other thing, but he's best at finishing, but sometimes also his composure lets him down. Eh? Like, yo. Oh, I've, I've been so disappointed with that, man. He should have been a Chelsea striker a long time ago. <laughs> he was better than Tammy, technically, and all that. I was about to say, I don't want, want to get you upset. I don't want to get you upset, but, like, if you put that man in that team, like, oh, man, that, that, that boy's a finisher, bro. That boy's a baller. Yeah, baller. but he's, he's, he, lacks, he lacks all a bit of the other stuff, that, especially as a Chelsea number nine that at that time we were looking for. True. For you know the costas of this world, he's a modern nine. He's a modern nine. He's he's nicer. Yeah, uh, his size definitely helps him. Though. Yeah, he's he. I, I love I love his build. It's, it's like perfect for that. Like he's he's um he's a nice costa, bro. That's how I feel. Um, he's a nice costa. Bro. He's a nice. He's a he's a private school costa. Exactly. Costas <laughs> from the streets. That man's <laughs> from South London. He's there, bro. He's there. Hundred percent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think Bamford is yeah, I, I, as I don't good care. as. We don't care what you think about Charles Villiers. Like, nah, he's, he's, he's definitely you certified. Certified. You have Charles on your dartboard. I know. He has no, 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 no. That guy is not prolific, especially at the top level. He's only um what plus fifteen goal that's, seasons were in the championship. He lacks a bit of composure in the end. That's that's where it kind of falls down a bit for me. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't think, I'm not calling him Shep. I'm just saying he's not prolific. In the same way, Rodrigo's not prolific either. So apparently they're looking for um, other attributes in a striker. And and that's more, I think, a bit more important. Like in, in like a Firmino for, for Liverpool, you know, they need a striker that 
will be able to work. Because you work there, bruh. You need to hunt your both centre-backs, particularly if you're playing alone. Uh, you hunt both of them down. Man on man, you are there. So, it's, hey, man, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Let's see. Let's see how they do against the lesser teams. Because the lesser teams don't like playing the ball between centre-backs and ball. Yeah. He's going to pump it straight up. Yo, are you run, brother? Or, yo, Zaha, here's the ball. So let's see if they, you know if they can cope with that instead of the the, the more position uh, based teams. Mm. Okay, Moipi, can you please uh, um, inform the listeners where you hear that level one is coming? Can't tell you that, bro. But uh... <laughs> I, I, when you said it, I automatically thought I remember they spoke about the fifteenth when when it comes to the disaster act ending. Well, 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 I've been, reading, I've been reading a few articles this week. I think, I think Cyril is gonna speak to us um, in the next coming days uh, because I believe the Minister of Health, everyone is like almost agreed that the yeah, I've seen that, but I didn't. I've, what I'm saying is, I didn't hear any obviously announcement that he's speaking tonight. Yeah, yeah, someone told me tonight, but I'm not sure it's gonna be tonight. Uh, but he usually speaks on Thursday, so let's wait for Thursday. Um, yeah, yeah. Now nah, I, th- I believe it's gonna happen, like because of the I think we're in a good place. The infections are still low, but uh, yeah, I brother. I mean, this is not a fucking coronavirus podcast, but to check. Um, <laughs> oh, you wanted you want my sauce? No, no, no. I just I wanted to add something onto that, like uh, oh, oh, in Europe. Um, they're back. Their case, daily cases, are back. It's getting cold at, there, bro. At the at the peak of um what they were at. It's getting cold there, bro. Unfortunately. Yeah. So fair yes. stadiums that side, yay. We're gonna have to wait again. We're gonna have to wait a bit more, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I just you know wanted to be, but I don't. I'm happy. Like I've got some stuff planned. So level one is the best. Yeah. Anyway, Fuck the bronze. Hopefully, bro. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, yeah, back to the Premier League. Any other games you want to highlight? I'd like to, as I, I know Lita was saying, I've got uh, Liverpool, I'm not Liverpool, or Liverpool as well, but Chelsea on my board for teams that I love to scrutinize. Uh, Lampard, Lita, what in the formation was that? <laughs> Listen, I, I picked up one thing. I was looking for time. I was looking for explanations after the game. And the one word he mentioned was fluidity. That's what he was looking for from his team and from his forward line. But they did refer to, you know, the assumption that he was, we were playing a 4-2-3-1. What am I saying? Yeah, 4-2-3-1. And, but from the way I was looking at it, it looked like a 4-2-4 at some point. Obviously, with, with Loftus-Cheek playing... A bit closer to to Werner than a normal four two three one, um, but I don't know, man. Okay, sorry, can I just yeah cut you off there? Uh, Regulon apparently, um, Madrid have accepted a bid from Tottenham Hotspurs that includes the buyback clause that United did not want to include. Oh fuck! So it's um, it's looking likely and that apparently Bale as well. Eh? He talks. <laughs> uh, Mourinho doing his thing Mourinho doing his thing but no, does that, okay. does that mean he's not no, no. Ben Davis already 
No, but I mean, fucking hell. Like, okay, but go on. <laughs> no, but like, first of all, Tottenham, Tottenham don't have a, don't have a, don't have a left back. Ben Davies is not a left back. And, like, this... We don't have no left... Okay. Real, finish, finish. Bro, Real Madrid were trying to... They are trying to finesse us here. Like, you're going to give us 30 million euros. And next year, when we feel like we want him back, maybe January, we're in trouble. We're going to give you back 15 million euros. We're going to take our guy back. And that was never going to be a good deal for us. Like, nah. Like, they, they, they want us to, 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 to give him game time, warm him up. And when the man gets hot, they're going to bring him back. Like, no. All he's trying to build, bro. I'm so but dead. But you know, do that with a lot of guys. Look at Cavallaro. Yeah. Germany and then came back and balled out for them. Nah, bro. And, 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 and if you're going to shop... Um, at Real Madrid, I mean, look at we 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 got Kovacic on loan first up, and then got him on a. Ceballos as well. Sorry. Ceballos is on another loan as well exactly. now. Exactly. So if you want to deal with them, you know, with their riches and because they've got plenty of players, and if you want to deal with them, you will. I understand regular, but like it's not. You guys are just. I mean, you've got to. <laughs> you've got to negotiate. I I agree with you hundred percent that like fuck a buyback. But you need to you need to negotiate. You can't be so rigid in your ne- negotiations. You need some flexibility. And I'm not mad. Regalon for nah. You can, Shaw is not going to be available for. He's 25 years old. Um, he needs to he needs to be available. And we've seen that Brandon Williams is coming up, but he's not ready yet. Big B and Big B. I I have no idea who Regalon is, bro. I've seen, I've seen. He's a baller. That's who he is. No, 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 no. They need to go get Alaba right now. You see, you, Moepi, you see what? You're not gonna Ryan, get Alaba. Ryan is suffering from like the whole syndrome of wanting new and exotic players. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan's coming in, man. <laughs> I thought that's bullshit. I'm <laughs> sure is injury prone. That's a fact. Yeah, and I agree. Brandon Williams, you need we. If you can get a, a a left back at a reasonable price, then do it. Go get Alaba. He's a, you're not gonna get Alaba, bro. Come on, be serious. Are you serious? You must pay his ways. You must pay his agents of twenty more if you want. <laughs> okay, but honestly, though, we were talking about Chelsea. Please, can I have my moment? Try no. to analyze what Lampard <laughs> is doing. Listen, so. So going back to the the, the, the epic Chelsea Brighton game was last night. Um, so it was a bit confusing for me the formation no one started. I still didn't understand why he persisted with Kai Havertz on, on on the wing on the right side. But I understand maybe that's linked to you know still looking for the same creativity that a, a guy like Ziyech would have provided. But um, yeah, it just it just not didn't work out. Ziyech and uh, Havertz didn't get into the game. I'm worried. I'm like obviously it's game one, but I'm worried. He has a bit of shyness in him that you know w- might prevent him from doing big things in big games. He's uh, a Premier League man. It's a Premier yeah, League man. So, so I'm a bit worried, but I have faith. He's, he's a baller though. Like he's very silky on the ball. And he's very good in control. Um, I think definitely Chelsea needs to the particular third line needs to gel a bit more because the timings and have on on. on Werner's runs, we couldn't, still couldn't get them. Uh, Loftus-Cheek getting a cut ball in, and then even uh, Barkley at the end, they're not timing his ball uh, perfectly enough. So, yeah, man, but Chelsea looking promising. We still have ballers to come into this team. 
Um, Thiago Silva, I feel like the centre-backs were actually very good yesterday. So they both wanted to, to impress and, and stay in the team. Rudiger, I'm bright, glad yeah. we didn't see him. Yeah, but they could have scored. We, we, we could have conceded, Brian. I don't say it's bright. I mean, he did concede. He, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, Dunk could have scored a goal. Um, Mop definitely could have gotten a couple in the first half. Anyway, before you interrupt me, you guys have lost a Brighton, by the way. I don't know why you have spit such a big mouth. I think Mourinho got sacked because of lost a Brighton, so relax. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, man, it's, it's a bit, there's still a lot to, to add to this team. But H, I'm worried that Liverpool is a bit too soon. A bit too soon for this team. Um, you know, the likes of Alonso will still have to play. Um, the likes of Jorginho will probably still have to like, I mean, that guy has no physicality in him, I, it pisses me off, like, people bounce him off the ball, like, it doesn't take a big man to bounce that guy off the ball, like, and he's a, like, I understand, he's a uh, deep line playmaker, but he needs some sort of physicality, he can't ask Kante to do all his dirty work for him all the time, so that's just an area of concern, but, um, yeah, man, three points on the board, 3-1, we third on the spot, number three on our shirt, we out, yeah. Mm. Chelsea, I think Chelsea are still dead. I was watching the 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 Monday Night Football analysis um, on YouTube. Neverland in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they they, they echoed my sentiments. Exactly. <laughs> I just knew it. I just knew it. When I was listening, particularly, oh man, they, oh, you know what? They very, oh, like, oh man, especially with with the, with the whole Kepa. Like, we need a top-class keeper. We're not going to win the league. We're not going to do anything with the people like Kepa. And I'm like, hey, it's the truth. Hey, Kepa, like, I don't even understand how that ball went. It's the same thing. I remember Bellerin scoring a similar goal. From <laughs> outside the box, it goes through plenty of guys. And that man still, like, still can't get his... And, like, and it, I was telling my, my girl that, like, it's literally because of his height. He's just a short guy, and there's nothing... But I went about. under him. But... But even that, I feel like he was overcompensating because oh shit, he panicked. I don't normally get here, so he's either his foot, his footwork didn't sort them out early enough, and he just overcompensated. Like, bruh, it's not that hard. Like, and he looked good yesterday. Like, he, he didn't look like obviously he came up for that one pint that he missed, but he got a couple more. He, he got. A, 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 I know he came out once and commanded the box quite well. Like you can see, he wants to improve. But fuck me, he's just. But the thing is with with. <laughs> For me, with him, it's just, as you say, he didn't look so bad, and then he missed his conceded. For me, he's just not a, a good enough keeper. Yeah. Like, can, I tell like, you, so can I tell you the level, Brian, that you compared to? So uh, I saw a, like an amazing stat today with regards to Peter Chip. He had about, he faced about, uh, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong, but he faced about 1,200 shots on target, and he saved about 1,000, 80%. In Premier League, this is just purely Premier League. You saved about 80% of your shots faced. That, and, and, and look at Kepa, he's on 50-something percent. That is like a terrible drop-down, firstly. But compare him to, you compare him to check, like compare those numbers in the Premier League at the moment. He's, what, 19? Yeah. Like, on that metric. That's shocking. Bad for a top six keeper. And the keeper, that cost 72 million, bruh. Like, it was not with Ando. It was a straight-up 72 million. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, oh. Chelsea, Chelsea fans just need to. Oh. You are going to get. It's going to be joked on, and the media are going to scrutinize Lampard. But as Pep, you know, did obviously wasn't seventy more, but 
you just gotta take your L and buy a new another top so guard right, keeper. Right. So Mendy's coming in, right? Firstly, we're getting a keeper from Rennes, and I know obviously the Peter Cech and the Lonnie Shaw uh, links are there. But looking at him, like there's a video where you know obviously the analyzer compares keeper and and Mendy, and Mendy like comes comes up trump on a lot of stats, but the mistakes that Mendy has and the and the sort of irrationality that he plays with, I'm worried because. <laughs> I see a man's here coming out for a, 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 like a sweeper keeper moment and missing the ball completely, and then the striker just rolls the ball in on the empty net. I'm seeing that kind of level because he's done that, and, and he's done that in league. So now I'm seeing him coming to Chelsea and wanting to impress. Maybe Kepa gets dropped after a bad run. He comes in, he makes a mistake as well. Then we left with two keepers, shot confidence. And probably Willy Cabrera smiling there as a thirty something close or even forty year old chilling. Like I'm 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 a bit concerned. And that's probably the one thing where I see Chelsea not finishing second as I had hoped, you know. Um yeah man, I am I'm worried, I'm worried. I'm still surprised that you guys didn't uh, go for Andre Onana. Like Onana. But he 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 has similar he has similar like a bit of issues and the thing is he's not like compared to I think what they're scared of that's why Mendy Mendy's almost two uh two uh, meters tall by the way that's completely different to 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 Kepa was about one eight one 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 seven nine whatever but but Onana is similar to Kepa in terms of height he's not he, he commands but he commands the box better but he's not that different in the Premier League you know you might commend the the, the command the box better in 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 the Dutch league where no one uh, lumps balls up and then try that in the Premier League, it's different. So at least with, 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 with league are uh, similar, but it's more still uh, more you know, European football. But in, in the Dutch league, everyone plays on the floor, Baba. Beautiful football. It's here. Let's play. One, two, one, two. <laughs> all, all the teams try. I was listening to, to the Tongan say that in, in the All or Nothing documentary. Like all the teams in, in, in the Netherlands try and play football. There's no... Burnley's of this world in, in, in the area of easy, you know. So. He's got the mix of Ajax and Barcelona. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm worried about Mendy. Just talking about Mendy, I'm, I'm still worried about him. I don't know. And I but I asked, he's not a, a rescuer. I asked some uh, French uh, guy about Mendy. He's like, uh, he was a podcast and he's a Marseille supporter. Yeah. And he said, a very strong keeper. Amazing on his line, agile, dominant, almost two meters tall, and a smart football player. Did miracles with Rams. I'm not sure if that's a proper yes, pronunciation. Yeah. Easier to be a great keeper when your team is shit, though. And he was good with Ren as well. Mm. If he's half as good, he'll win games for Chelsea. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Like, I had to be, that's, that's something that I've also heard. And, you know, but he's, he's not young also. That's what helps. So I, I would like to think he... He's a bit more settled in his game. Um, so, yeah, man, let's just hope. But, hey, we need to sort it out. And I just see um, racism peaking at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> you see, man, don't start. <laughs> don't start. Like, hey, like, and for me, like, I'm just seeing something similar to that where, like, he just has, like, a, a run of mistakes where, like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> How did you miss that? Because I've seen like the gaps that he's had so far in his career, and this is someone who the Rams and the Red uh, teams are are his only top level teams, you know, and he's twenty seven, so he has plied his his trade lower levels as well. I'm just really hoping, you know, he's been there, 
and gone through all the shitty periods in his career. This is his time to mm-hmm. remember why. But to close off um, the football, I'm going to talk about the PSG game. I actually was, I didn't want to, I was watching uh, Ragnarok on, on Netflix and it's a super shit show, but I just fucking loved it. Um, but and my girl was like, what? It's not bad. It's not. I love it, but the production is just weird for me. Okay, okay. Um, okay, yeah, but uh, yeah, my girl was like, "Watch, uh, turn on PSG, turn on PSG." It's a it'd be losing. It's a good game, so I'm like, "Fuck it out, okay? Let me, let me watch." And it was like insane. The amount of yellow cards, um, those cool things, fans in the stadium as well. Um, yeah, Premier League need to get on board, but. They might be going to lockdown as well soon. So, but anyway, yeah. And then the whole racism thing incident. Um, it was just like I watched the. I saw like not an in-depth video, but like a detailed video of the instance on Twitter this morning. And I don't know, man. Like I asked myself, like this guy saying, "Nah, I didn't say anything racist." I'm not racist. Sorry. Brian. Um, Brian. The club, no, I'm not racist. Yeah. I, I didn't catch his comments. Can you tell me about that? Is, is, is that what he said? Who? Uh, Alvaro. Yeah, he's basically said, after the, immediately after the game, he's like, um, basically accused Neymar of being a sore loser, saying that it was an intense game, emotions were running high, but sometimes you need to... Learn to lose. Take, yeah. take losing... Well, I don't know how to... Take losing better... Um, and don't try and distract, uh, you know, the, the narrative. He said he's not racist. Um, everybody at the club knows him. Not a single transgression in the past. And, you know, he comes into Marseille every day, blah, blah, blah. Um, and in the video, you can see that Neymar was clearly distressed about something he said. Like, that mm-hmm. got into an altercation and he immediately went to the referee or the linesman. And he was like, oh, like... He said this, blah, 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 I'm telling you. And then they told him to fuck off, or not fuck off, but they told him to play on. And then I think the next move, a foul happened, and it was just a major brawl. Neymar slightly tapped him on the head. After doing that um, earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now. And Kuzara and I think Amavi decided to kick each other. Of the parades. <laughs> Of the players, uh, <laughs> almost like bounced origin from the back. I don't even know yeah. what was going on there. It was intense, did you? So it was five, five yellow, five red cards. Sorry, in one moment, basically. And then he went off, and he told I think it was a third or fourth official, or whatever, racism, racism, and that was it. Marseille released a statement saying that again. It's taken by the player, he's not racist, blah, blah, blah. Be open to the investigation, blah, blah, blah. But my main question is, why would you make up something like that? I don't want, yeah, I mean, why would why would he say that Neymar is being a sore loser and accusing him of racism? I don't think that's what you go to, too. Yeah, Brian, it's, it's, it's this, it's, you know... The responses from, from the, the people in charge, it's always troubling when it comes to these circumstances. Like, just go back to what, what happened in Italy in the beginning of last season where all those reports were coming out and then 
you know, how the, the Italian officials were so adamant. And I think they obviously it was more of a cultural issue, but looking at it plainly, I think it's, it's, it's somewhat of a cultural issue everywhere where now you're looking at someone's character. For me, I understand, you know, character comes into play somewhat, but at, at some extent, but at that moment, that person's character, whatever character that person has, at that moment, they say something. Those words need to be taken to as, as face value. Regardless of, you know, they, they're good, they've never had a transgression before, this is a transgression. This is something coming out from within, and it's literally coming out exactly. of like, the mean, state. So you can't run away from that. And and then from obviously Alvaro and these people are going to try and protect him, like Andre Villas-Boas also said, he doesn't think it happened. So that's always... Like, I mean, I like, I, I preferred uh, AVB's response than everyone else because he was like, obviously he's going to protect his player like yeah. I because he, he he knows him as a player who has not been you know in that situation he's like you know I I don't think it's happened yeah. um but we'll see not just ah you know on the on the straight uh, defense yeah and no. and, uh, and it's just yeah man it's 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 a problem that's ongoing like the Henri video that was published by Peter report gave last night I think where you know he spoke about his um um experiences in racism like going back all the way like to his arsenal days oh four or five where he was spat on and he went to the referee and said yo look they spit on my shirt after taking the corner and the ref just said play on like where <laughs> people yeah. are, are, are not people are like they're afraid to, to deal with the, the issue at hand it's like yeah. oh, it's time to move on yeah you mentioned it there where, where you said like it's a cultural problem, especially in Italy yeah. and things where where you might go to a ref and he, he's most likely white, according to like the like the ratio of what's happening there. Mm. And you'll be like, no, he said monkey. And then the ref mm. is, will probably think like, oh, okay, so what? That Like to him, that's not a big issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. They, they, they need to take responsibility and there's, there's this whole message that they spread that... Um, kick out racism you can't wait for a major what they will consider a major offense to be racist they need to cut the bud nip the bud when someone says yo when i go to the corner they, they're throwing monkey signs at me uh, to you that doesn't offend you but when i but if someone a player comes up to him says this to you and i feel like it's been it's, i feel like there's no excuse anymore for for whether neymar was lying or not right for him to to come up and go to a ref and say, "This happened to me," mm. I feel like this is a case. You need to, you guys need to pull a little VAR, stop the game for two minutes, chat to each other, and be like, "Apparently, this happened. This 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 is what we've been talking about for the last four or five years, well, along with FIFA and UEFA regulations that say no to racism. If this happens, we're going to stop the game, investigate it, note it down, so that we can have it done. That yes, we did note this complaint. Blah blah." We haven't investigated, but we noted it. But for them not to do anything, that for me, like it's 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 negligence by the officials, and like the the players are told, when this happens to you, go to the officials. But now you go to the officials, and and I I, I hope these officials get some heat on them because Neymar was I think he, he was hot, bro. He was hot, like yo, this guy said something. And I, for one, what you said is uh, what to touch on. I don't think. Officials are f- so protected in football yeah. that maybe they get heat internally, but 
I feel like these officials, even let's leave the racism on footballing decisions, boy, the things that these guys are deciding, hold up. Like, I need to hear how you got to that conclusion yeah. sometimes. So, but so, um, so, 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 but Brian, just to go look to, to, to try and defend the official to some level, of, you know, to go further, it, they are, the officials are part of the, like, the control body on the sport, right? So, the, the, the officials are an extension of the FA and the FA extension of FIFA. So, for me, it needs to go back to where, you know, um, ed- we need to educate the officials. That goes from referees to administrators. Because, like, let's look at the example of, of, of you know, a player going to a referee and you have a call the night or the uh, Just to, to yeah. interject there quick. I fucking hate the term, we need to educate so-and-so. But no, 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 so, so, this is what, <laughs> no, 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 so this is what I'm saying. So, just look at it from, from, from this example, from this way, I'll ask more now. So, with this, so, the terms that are being used. So you go to a referee and say, I was, they, um, um, they called me a monkey or they did monkey gestures. The referee, obviously, it, they will say play on because you say as, as, as majority, it's probably a wide ref in Italy or whatever. It's a wide ref and that's not a big deal to him. But they need to be told. They need to literally have in black and white, similar to the rules where they follow religiously, if it's a handball or whatever, same as that, where there's a racism or, or, or a discrimination handbook. And I think that's where we probably need to get to, where it says, if these terms have been used, if this monkey or shut up black monkey or things like that, have and literally put it in black and white, where if this term, if, if a player comes to you with A, B, C, D, whatever examples of discrimination, you need to stop and investigate. That yeah. is like, I mean, hasn't that... No, but, but, I don't, but so let's just look at what the BBC were doing. I think I spoke about it last time, where what they're doing now, and they're restructuring the way they talk on national TV. So using terms to describe athletes, you know, using more, describing more of their physical attributes to, to, to you know, technical and all that. Because that is, that is what creates the perception. And for me, that's what I need to go back to, is that the perception of how these referees see a situation, it's not that big of a deal to them, but they need to be told. I think, and, and like I say, they follow their rule book in terms of the refs and the laws of the game, and the rules of the game. So they need to then also know the rules, because this is, it's a cultural thing. And in Italy, black monkey is not a big deal, clearly. Because yeah. they will then go and then... And do an art, uh, uh, whatever. It's not a big deal to me. But a player coming from a, 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 another country, playing in Italy, being called a black monkey, it's a fucking huge deal. Like that's that cuts deeper because that's something that he probably dealt with in his homeland or, or in, in other parts of life. So that cuts deeper. So like our officials and obviously, man, I know you say you don't want to hear the whole thing, but in let me not say educate, but we need to have an, a rule book where. One, two, three terms are used because we all know these terms and research can, can sort of come up with a, with a stat or, or, or like a, a chunk of terms that have been used. Racism, racism, discriminatory, all these terms where we put them in black and white and say, you hear this, it's alarms, hold the game, things cannot go on under these, this environment. And that's where we need to get to because at this moment it's still left to, eh, but it's not that big of a deal, do you want to play on? I think we want to play on because that's what Han said, where with that Marega for Porto play when he was uh, racially abused, where it became his problem, but not the team and the sports problem, and he was the issue. It became a why are you taking offense to this? You know, but it should have been the whole team taking offense to that, and that should be in the rules. Once that term is used, that other team is cheating. That other team is um, is doing is doing something that's against the law, and that's where you hold the game. That's where I think it also give officials. 
more ground to 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 have more to take more action. You know, but as you say, it's, it's, this is something we've been down. It's a path that we've been uh, been down, so it's, it might not actually help. But hey, it's another solution, I think. Yeah, I mean, I just think um, we had what was it, twenty nineteen the three-point plan or the three-point, ten-point plan. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, from England, who did they play at? Was it Bulgaria? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up until now, off the top of off the dome, I can think of the Spurs game. I can think of the Porto game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the United derby was after that or before that. Um, but there's been a lot of instances where I feel like this new plan that was supposed to combat racism wasn't just wasn't used. Like right. you that's know, why you know what though the same the same organization built a system called FFP, and how has that implementation gone through, bro? How well has that happened? We have to stop relying on yeah. idiots. Mm-hmm. Because I think also you know we we, go, we all go back to the one fight that that uh, happens in, in a lot of sports organizations. It's the battle between you know letting the game be played, like let let the game go on. You know, let's play, let's continue, let's uh, you know let's play on through all this and stopping the game and actually addressing issues that go beyond the game. It's like that whole argument of people don't want politics in sport. Because yeah. they feel like it infringes their enjoyment of the sport, but then in the same hand, we also then sometimes advocate that how sport can bring change. So I think that's that that's the battle where we you know people will say no, but let's just play. I want you know politics to stay out of sport, and we want to just play. But then also, sport is a tool, and unfortunately, like it or not, sport is a powerful tool, and it's a tool that should bring change because it's part of of, of life, sport is part of life. We can't we can't go to that point where it's just a game anymore. Sport is literally part of life. There, people live on the game, that you know. So, and and if that game is now, it, 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 it's a place for racism and, and discrimination. It needs to be addressed in the game, not in parliament or whatever. It needs to be addressed in the game. And to try and, and support what I was saying earlier, you know, UEFA had these steps to you know, deal with the worst case. But for me, we need to deal with the uh, the sort of actual, so having fine like in, in 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 black and white, as I say again, where because the whole judgment, where things are left to judgment, we all we all different at the end of the day, and I feel like even that tense, that that three step process is left to judgment because then the captain and the team has to agree to not play, and that's that infringes on the, the fundamental rights of an athlete. I don't want to play. Like, no athlete does not want to play. So that's where it leaves. There's a gap for them, things not to happen, as you say, Brian. There was opportunities for things to happen, for, for, for the three-step process to take place. But because people are like, ah, do we really want to stop the game? And obviously then that automatically singles out the person who made the complaint or the complaint is against. Because now they feel like they're going to be telling the team not to play because of their issues, which it actually should be because you all uh, preach as you yeah, I was going to say. Team, but it should you know, but at that point, they everyone is thinking about ah, I, I want to play. We want to play. We trained all week. We want to play. 
So that's just that natural challenge that we've always been involved with this kind of um, issue in, in society, unfortunately. I mean, I'd rather though just close. I'd rather have within like the realms of sporting integrity. So if a player, uh, you know, says he's being racially abused, oh. the game needs to stop. In my opinion, I feel mm. um, the players need to, or his teammates need to be his ally in a way, and not. I, I see too much begging for the guy to continue playing. Yeah. That should not be the case. And I'd rather have more cases of players going off and or let's for instance to say there was no found he was not found guilty of a racist act. I'd rather have like, you know, two or three, you know, non guilty charges that obviously will happen because you're not gonna get a hundred percent everything correct and have ten players I want ten players to walk off because the more you you make these, I agree you should have a plan, but the more you make these timid um, plans that they have now, it it doesn't eradicate anything in my opinion. Mm. Um, it just gives them more wiggle room to find new ways to, and to be fair, like racism in the stadium is probably going to decrease, but I don't think it's because of, you know, they've educated themselves. I just think they've, ran off to Twitter and calling him a black monkey on, on Twitter. So it's, yeah, it's pretty tough. Because anything under, they hide under, behind that anonymity. That's what, that's what, that's what kills the game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But now, later, um, tell us about uh, the Olympic report that you have been reading up on. Yeah, so there was a report um, compiled by uh, academics from Oxford University in England, where they, uh, you know, basically discovered that you know the the, the total costs of, of of organizing the Olympic Games have literally spiraled out of control since 1960. Um, funny enough, they've had they've uh, each event has run over budget by an average 127% um, over budget since 1960. And just look at London Games in 2012. They cost $15 billion to put together. And, and in the Sochi Games, two years after the, the Winter Games, that was $21 billion US dollars to put together. This is obviously an insane amount of money, you know, for anyone, for any country or city, manufacturer of the Olympics, to, to put together an event for sport and you know with uh, on the backdrop of so many uh, social ills that we deal with around the world it's amazing to see that um, or not amazing I mean I would say astonishing to see that um, the IOC and the countries that you know obviously win the bidding of uh, the hosting of the, the events put so much money into the sport and you know, the argument that the, 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 the academics have, have are rising that, you know, are raising, sorry, is that these these this this costing of this is, is totally out of control and it's gonna get even crazier with I mean the the Tokyo Olympics, which was supposed to be this year, was approximately gonna be about twelve billion US, but now with uh, postponement uh, for a whole year, that's gonna increase to uh, God know how much. So 
it's not sustainable at all and it's going to impact and it's already impacted future um, Olympic tournaments being hosted. I mean, a country, like, you know, we want to grow the sport and obviously look to to football, you know, how, you know, you take it to smaller countries and countries that have never hosted an event like that. And the Olympics, I would like to think that's probably the same aim to grow, you know, make it universal as much as possible. And it's not going to be possible with the amount that at the moment it costs to host such an event. And in China, imagine taking it to, let's say, an African country. You know, let's say taking it to Kenya, one of the African countries that will be able to host it. It will need an enormous amount of backing from the government. And unfortunately, with the world the way it's looking at the moment, particularly on the back of the pandemic, it's going to be impossible for countries to fund and, and, and to try and explain to their people that, hey, this is worth, you know, having an Olympic in your country. But unfortunately, it's going to cost over 10 billion of your of the country's money. And uh, on the back of this report that came out, um, IOC is the, the committee. The Olympic committee is is obviously um, trying to defend themselves. You know, they focusing rather uh, on the budget for the infrastructure that that comes into hosting an event like this. With obviously, you know, the Olympic villages that that are built. That's normally the the swimming pool. Um, center that normally gets built, probably a new stadium most of the time, like in the London Olympics, new stadium gets built. And obviously that's more long-term rather than just for the four-week, five-week event. So that's where they say, you know, hey, man, you know, this is more of a legacy event rather than just for now. And that's how they're trying to justify the amount. But it's easy for IOC because IOC, they focus on, you know, revenue and making money from the Olympic Games and everything that comes with it, the sponsorship and everything. Everything so, hence the budgets can sometimes they go hectically, uh, over 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 budget. And I mean, I remember I wanted South Africa so bad to host the Olympics for so long, and I think Durban were involved in trying to uh, yeah. host some summer games back in the day. And just imagine South Africa if South Africa had to host and fund. I mean, 2012 was not long ago, and that was 15 billion in 2012. That is an insane amount of money, and put that into rands, oh my word. And Brian and I were talking just before the broadcast about, you know, 2010. How impactful are those legacy programs that come from these events? You know, just what do you think? I mean, the 2010 World Cup, we had the 2020 World Cup and, you know, we spent money and the promises of, of improving infrastructure and transport were all there. But as, as, as a South African, how much do you think, you know, that we really benefited from having an event of their scale? That is so, there are so many good things and so many bad things that happened with it mm. because the infrastructure that was built, it was above and beyond anything we had. Mm. Uh, our, our, our football clubs that are still, that were here before that World Cup, that are still here be, after that World Cup, mm. they, they still don't have stadiums like that. Um, and I think to Greenpoint Stadium, where it's been thought of that they want to shut it down yeah. because no one is actually no 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 team or club is actually able to sustain this thing and i think i think it's i think oh man it's so it's so difficult to say looking back now i can say like you, you would plan that if something like this happens for your country it's such an amazing marketing opportunity for tourism to promote tourism in your country sure. And if after, and, and you get a lot of people that came, that time a lot of people came from across the world to come visit us. 
oh, it's my first time. It's my first time here. It's really amazing. I'll probably be back with my family in a few years. Cool. That sounds great. But then after that, I think our government let us down and not uh, extending on the good work that was done during that, the, the, the previous years and stuff. And looking back, we're just a pre-2010 country with new stadiums. Um, and then probably a, a, a huge bill to deal with also. And expenses to deal with. Yeah. Uh, the development of our football has it improved? I don't know. Um, so it's 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 such a... You, 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 you'd hope to think that it's, 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 it, it can only be good for the country. You'd hope yeah. to think it can only be good for the country. But you need to, you need, you need to like... Um, follow up. You follow up and actually, you know... And take take advantage of, of 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 the benefits that come with it. I think you know, but you, you ask yourself, obviously, with with just go back on the report. You know, they've come up with solutions, um, three different solutions where you know for future tournaments because obviously this is the, they recommend this un, un, unsustainable. So yeah. the first recommendation is you know instead of changing the venue each year, rather than have it um, each maybe each country will then host it two or three times. Uh, instead of uh, obviously rotating, so they'll then rather have time to build infrastructure. They know that they're going to host the Olympics in 2020 and then 2024 again, and then 2028. Um, so that has instead of instead of you know coming for one month, they're there for three cycles, and they can build and sustain somewhat of, of and leave somewhat of a better legacy. Or the other option is um, taking it back to Athens and leaving it there, hosting the Olympic Games at Athens. You know, and, and playing off the, you know, where they they originate from, and and all that that comes with that. But obviously, I don't think Athens and the Greek economy will be able to handle the Olympics nah. anyway. And then the other option is to basically only give it to countries that can afford it. And uh, and 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 that's where I think we are at the moment because with Hamburg, I know Hamburg and and Boston and other cities that have pulled out previously, just basically due to the price. But that obviously then goes back to to you know, we don't. We, the sport is not really gonna go and try and and, and and reach other communities, you know. And but with the sport and um, I mean with the Olympics and on the back of a pandemic, I think in all sporting codes in all uh, walks of, of of life in the sporting world, I think that sort of element of trying to spread the game and grow the game in other countries is probably gonna take a backseat. That's my opinion, because there's simply money is running out of the game. Literally, all sectors, money is running out. And I think growth will probably be in other avenues now rather than, you know, trying to, to physically impact other countries and go the game. So it's, kind of very, it's very interesting to see, you know, how, I mean, damn, money, eh? <laughs> they say money uh, runs the world. Literally, <laughs> that can't be further, uh, uh, more true nowadays, particularly with the pandemic, man. Yo. It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, yeah. No, but for me, I'd rather, as you say, I'd rather have, if a developing country cannot be assisted to host mm. an event like the World Cup or Olympics, uh, I don't really see, like, it's, you can give it to, like, already established cities, but it would just be, uh, for me, like, it won't really have that thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that you shouldn't. I mean, I you shouldn't give it to countries like Dubai, 
um, I just think it's bad for sport. It's bad for the people there. It's it's just it's terrible. Um, the sports washing, uh, sports humanities, human rights, uh, exploitation. Like I don't think that because you want to have a new country and these countries can afford to um, to, host. to host that you should give it to them. Um, yeah, I think you should stay. Yeah, then give it to London, give it to uh, whatever, California, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's sad that if, you know, these countries, if they don't have money that they, they can't, because it's special, man. Like the South African World Cup, you can ask anyone in the world will tell you that it was a special World Cup compared to um, previous ones. Yeah, just just to just to finally on on the report, just to compare the cost of of Olympics in in the last in recent years, it's compared it's compared to you know the cost of a country's cost that will be incurred during a disaster like an earthquake or a, a pandemic, <laughs> funny enough. So this is astronomical amount of numbers and not every country can, can, can throw it out there. So like we will probably, as Brian says, you know, we will probably turn to just the, 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 the bigger dogs in, 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 the, in, in you know, in this business to, 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 if we try to, you know, continue. Because another option is to cancel the, the Olympic Games altogether. And unfortunately, I think that's going to be the case with a lot of other sporting codes and events around the world that will just basically um, become redundant and they won't be sustainable. And so let's obviously try and mitigate that. Less the better, but hey, man, I think we're leading that way and unless, you know, the world can, can, can turn around sooner rather than later. Uh, they just stop eating money as well. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the other, that's the other elephant. <laughs> Corruption, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. The world without the sport without greed could be a very nice thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, I hope, I hope you know it continues the way that it is. I'm not the biggest fan of the Olympics. I watched maybe like a couple of events and the football. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I always think uh, with the Olympics especially, um, I always want a Great Britain team. Um, but we obviously know or the women's team is going to happen. But with the men's, it's never going to happen. I think the last one was 20, uh, the London ones. Oh. I think they had gigs there. And Beckham. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, they tried to get Beckham, but they didn't pick him. Jim. <laughs> they were so hacked. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but the Olympic Games will always be alive, dude. Like that is sport personified. The Olympic. But what do you guys think about this? I I read. Uh, I think I was watching videos of the state stadiums. Don't ask me why. Um, they floated a, a suggestion that the Champions League they should build a Champions League stadium. That um all the Champions League finals are played at forever. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, but uh, where where is that stadium going to be? And is it going to be cost effective for fans? Because 
at the end of the day, are we only just going to make that stadium for, let's say, for instance, Paris? Is, uh, is that stadium only going to be for the French fans and then everyone else is going to have to pay premium to go watch their, their team play in the final? Let's say, for instance, flipping Wolves become a Champions League team and they make it to the final. Now we ask you gents from Wolverhampton. We we'll ask you gents from Wolverhampton to go all the way there. And, and no, but I mean that's the it's the same. If you have Istanbul or in Russia, the Wolves fans are going to have to travel there anyway. Yeah, but at least every year it rotates. So one one of the years it could be in England, back, you know. So that at least I like for me the whole thing of neutral ground I think works better. Um, but one neutral ground I think we'll be stretching it a bit. Um, you, you know, because I think we moved because you must remember we moved. I don't know particularly with Champions League, but I know. Back in the day, with many other cups, we moved from two-legged finals and then to a neutral, neutral grounds. Now to move to one neutral ground forever and ever—that's like I don't know. I don't know how sustainable and how I don't know. It's just on the fans, I think I feel like fans are already uh, being exploited so much. If yeah. they do that, you know, it it should be uh, okay. If they do, let me say this: if they do that, it, the sole aim and the sole goal of that should be to lessen some costs for the fans. So if you do that, then you must have special flights, special uh, hotel and accommodation, pro- pro- probably very close to the stadium as well. That could uh, accommodate that. Then, you know, But that's, I feel like we will be very far from those kind of things because everyone still needs where it comes from. It's all cack at the moment. <laughs> so those plans are going to be shelved for a couple of years. But if you're going to do that, you need to accommodate the fans, man. You need to. I don't know so yeah, but I feel like uh, obviously I don't give. A, I don't really care about this because I don't think it's gonna happen. But I think that already cities now are exploiting. I think people more than. Um, firstly, you look at Abidjan, how of a mission it was to get there. That made zero sense, yeah. and people in Madrid were complaining about how difficult or how expensive it was and stuff to get flights yeah so yeah i think they would be able to have more control over the situation the problem is yeah i don't know like lito was saying a backup what he's saying is that wherever the location is going to be picked that 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 nation is going to have advantage over everyone like if they say switzerland because the headquarters in switzerland for example these Swiss guys already have like the strongest currency out here and they're not going to have to pay flights, connecting flights, trains, uh, tickets, accommodation. Um, so for, for, for the common fan that, 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 that already like puts you out of the situation of even being able to win a ticket or be able to, if you win it, can't afford this shit. And I don't, and I don't want to go alone. I want to go with someone. Um, so I think a Wembley a Wembley situation works within England where everyone can take a train. It's it's at least it's not too bad. It's 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 obviously not cheap, but it's not too bad. But to say that every time you wanna come watch a CL final, you have to fly to Switzerland, that's Yeah. Goodbye. Like, yeah, I know. I mean, and yeah. the, the whole Lisbon nice Like the Lisbon, you know, mini tournament. That was nice. I, if if they could somehow do that, that would be good. But I don't know if how how that would fit into the calendar already. 
But that it'd be like uh, semi two-legged ties a left though. No, that's what I'm saying. No, I'll, that's 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 I'll definitely not want to do the two-legged uh, affairs. But then still do that within. Uh, but no, you can't. But then you still need to home in a way. So yeah, no, I I understand the whole thing of, of one stadium. It's nice centralized everything, but it's just not. It's not the best thing for everyone. If I can put it that way. Yeah. Yo, my check one two one two. Uh. I'm from the place where hardcore. This is the link up. This is the link up. This is the link up. From the staff to the world that we back. This is the link up. This is the link up. This is the link up. Views from the staff to the world that we back. Ladies and gentlemen, grab a drink, let's get settled in. Here's another dose of some audio medicine. Fresh sports reports, pure adrenaline. We do it for the love of the game, not the Benjamins. My check one two one two. Yo, the link up. From the place where hardcore is beautiful.